In this episode, we are taking 20 with Maria Quaban Whitesoul. And Maria, gosh, where do I start with this story? We met through a mutual friend, Brooke Lee, and uh, Maria is also from Hawaii. And we worked together on a project. Maria had uh, put together Mommy Loves Tech, and she gave me the wonderful opportunity of working on a couple of the segments with her. We got talking about being moms, and she had been a single mom. Um, by that point, she had married um, Sean Weitzel, and uh, she really helped me out at a time that I, I really needed it, and I think that I didn't know to ask for help. And she was one of those people that said, hey, it's okay to ask for help. And she has actually written a book called You Can't Do It Alone. Uh, Sean, after that, had a journey with cancer and Maria will talk about that in this book. And I want to just leave you with two things. Dr. Oz uh, gives this quote, Maria shares her path to balancing grief with the happy memories of her beloved husband. Her emotional journey will amaze you. And this was done so well because it is a widow's journey through loss, grief and life after. But she also partnered with Lauren Schneider, who is a licensed grief counselor. And uh, if the name Maria Quaban sounds familiar, she's actually uh, in Los Angeles every day. You can see her. She's uh, in Fox Morning 11's meteorologist. She's in every morning show. And, uh, and the other comment um, Lisa Gibbons gave, and uh, she says, this book is healing and helpful, heartbreaking and uplifting, but ultimately it's validation of our resilience. Maria's lessons will help anyone facing disease. And if you've dealt with any type of grief, if you know someone who's dealing with, with grief, I think this is a great book, but even um, just for any of us who, you know, we all have had some sort of loss. What I, I love about what Lisa Gibbons says and what this book is about is resilience. And so it's the reason that Maria felt so beautifully into our Taking 20 series. So I'm happy that you're going to meet her. I'm happy that you're going to hear about her husband, Sean, and their son, Gus, and the journey that they all went on. And you're also going to get some kind of fun, good stories as well, because Maria is Maria. She's great. She'll make you smile. She's also beautiful, both inside and out. So here she is, Maria Quavon-Witzel, Taking 20. So many stories. And I do have to say, Maria has, uh, you helped me in a time that I, we didn't even know each other that well. And, and thank you because you, you really helped me out. And um, the fact that you, your book is titled, You Can't Do It Alone. I, I don't know that I realized that at the time. Um, and I would love to share just with everybody watching your story and, and where you got to uh, and why you wrote this book. Well, you know, we are a society that prides ourselves on independence and how we can, you know, kick up our boots, our bootstraps and, and do everything on our own, right? We, 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 we have so much pride and we feel like we don't need anyone's help. But this isn't about asking for help or needing anyone's help. It's just, a, I think we need to be reminded that we're not meant to go through life alone. And so part of the reason that I wrote this book is that um, I couldn't have gone through what I went through with my husband's diagnosis. Um, it was a terminal brain cancer and everything that had to do with caregiving and caring for a family and having to go to work and then with him and then through the loss and grief on my own. There's just, I still can't do it on my, I, I, and we shouldn't. So the title of the book, You Can't Do It Alone is so appropriate 
and that we need to ask for help if it's not readily available. We need to, to go out and get it. We need to tell people that we, uh, whom we love that we need their assistance. And why deprive our loved ones of, of being able to help? Because you know how it, it feels when you help someone. It feels good. That's, that to me is, is um, something that we also need to experience. And also why I wrote the book is I think it's helping my heart helping hopefully other people through our experience with some of the lessons we've learned. And it's so beautiful. I just, and, and again, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I, I just reading the beginning of it and I also have it on audible. So it was fun to hear your voice yeah. telling the story. Um, and one of the things that I, I noticed and I'll get right into it. I have my little, little notes, but this is being, promoted on social media and, and I use social media, you use social media. Some people have been saying, oh gosh, there's so much negativity. And one of the things that kind of really got me, like gave me goosebumps as I got to the section in your book where you posted some of the things people have written to you on social media. What do you think it, for you, is it a support system? Is it a community? Oh, 100%. It is part of the support system. And I think we just have to learn how to weed out uh, some of the negativity. And that's, that's what we do in our normal lives, that we encounter positive, negative energy. And that's the same uh, when it comes to our technology and social media. And so I just learned how to sort of funnel the things that didn't matter. And what mattered were the really heartfelt messages that I received from so many people. And that's what we should all focus on. Now, during this time, as we're speaking, the pandemic is, um, you know, going up in, in surge uh, in, in, in many states. And we are having to continue to distance ourselves from other people physically. So it's all the more reason and all the more important to understand this concept of not being able to have to do this alone. So we need to reach out. We need to use uh, technology. We need to use social media and find our village, find our support system. If you don't have that, especially readily at home, we can reach out and, and, and find the people that we need to have in our lives through this, like what we're doing now. I, and this is, I'm so grateful for you doing this. And I, I noticed you took an, an interesting term with the book because you actually had a, a licensed social worker write segments and I'll I'll just show you if and I will put the information about the book in the notes so you all can get it but there's always the grief therapist notebook at the end of each chapter and I know I remember my daughter was four when her dad passed away and I don't think I I I just I wish I would have had a book like this so thank you because you tell your story the this is the real deal this is really how it's going down but then you have this kind of clinical side. And there was even a point where um, when you told Gus, it didn't go exactly, I think the way maybe in a perfect world you would have played it out. And that's kind of how the book starts where you address it. And then um, a licensed therapist addressed the issue. Can you just talk a little bit about how that came about and, and how the book works? Well, you know, it's, it's important to note that I am not an expert when it comes to loss and grief. And our story is very unique in, in our own as Every individual story is unique and your story, very unique and individual, Sean. So it was really important for me to have someone with the knowledge and background and the education to, 
to extrapolate from what happened to us and make it universal because there are universal themes. While your experience is unique in mine, there are themes there and lessons that we can all take from it. And for instance, you brought up the point about talking to Gus and talking to young children um, of different ages, really, about really important decisions in life and important milestones and, and, and sadly, uh, subjects like loss and, and cancer. These are big, heavy um, conversations to be had. And I know that I couldn't have, both Sean and I at the time, understand the language we needed to use when we were explaining to us what a cancer diagnosis meant, what terminal illness meant, and ultimately what death meant for us. And so you know, there's important words that we need to use when we talk about death with children because they're, first of all, smarter than we think they are. They're very astute. And when you start to use flowerly language that can be confusing, you know, that, that can hurt a child later down the line in their adult years. And I know for me, I had personal experience about my own birth father dying when I was seven. So I do remember that time and my mother was very young. She didn't have all the education that we, all the tools that we have today. And so there was a time where I was confused and I felt scared and I, I knew, and Sean and I both knew that we didn't want Gus to feel any fear at all. So we used thing, you know, words like cancer. We didn't say daddy was sick. Uh, we used things like cancer diagnosis, doctors were working on him, that I didn't have cancer and that he didn't have cancer. So all of these things are really important for children and their emotional well-being. I, I think there was a lot of it too. I noticed having read the book, I used the term passed away and I, I realized listening and reading, I, oh, just say death. People die. I think even as adults, we have this, um, and I think that we are dealing with yeah. different types of loss right now in the, this, you know, even loss of jobs, um, loss of an idea of a college education. I know I'm dealing that with that with my daughter who's, you know, she's a drama major. She's doing class online that, that pretty picture it's loss. And so your book, yes, is, is definitely a widow's journey through loss, grief and life after, but you also address just that thing, that resilience life after and, and your whole life you have been um, resilient. So I'd love if you would talk just a little bit um, about maybe because your career changed um, even from when the time you met Sean and dated him the first time to when you got back together, I'm giving a teaser. You have to read the book to get the whole story. But Maria, give us a little story of kind of resilience in regard to maybe career. Oh, well, career-wise, um, you know, I've always been sort of on this pro projected path of working in the news and meteorology. You can find me here in Los Angeles every day on Good Day LA, and I've been there for over 20 years now, which, uh, as as you know, as a woman in this industry, Sean, it's, that's quite a feat. Uh, it's a very competitive business, but a business that's not too kind on on uh, age and women. And so things are changing a little bit, which I'm really uh, so excited and happy to see that there's more diversity and also diversity in age and not just sex. And so I've had to go through some of those challenges, but I'm still here. And I'd like to say that 
I think part of my success is just really being real and, and, and authentic and, and being myself. I, I, that's one of the reasons uh, I think that the book is resonating with a lot of people is that I, I do share uh, the nitty gritty truth about our lives, not just through that period, but before and after as well. And I think it's important to always be, be authentic and honest uh, with anything you do in life. And so, you know, sometimes that maybe I overshare, but um, I don't know. I just, I just think you can't go too wrong with being honest. And I encourage everybody out there to just maintain that authenticity. And um, I hope that the book is also, I hope you regard uh, it the same way. You mentioned how you wish you had a book like this back in the day. And I think, again, one of the many reasons why I wrote the book is that I wish this was a book that was available to me, um, you know, years ago. Yeah, and we're, it's 20 minutes flies by so quickly. We're at that halfway point. We have about 10 minutes left. And okay. there are so many um, good stories in here. Things I, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I, I do have to give a plug for Iowa. Your beloved Sean is from my home state. Your home state. Um, <laughs> so it was fun when I met you. You were, you're again, very authentic. And it was a surprise to me because we met through our mutual friend, Brooke who also is real as the day is long. And I found myself telling you my single mom drama stories and you you made me relax because you're like, oh girl, so been there, done that. And by the way, you need to like hold your own as a mom. Like you were so honest and it surprised me. And I think women need more support from other women. And I, I feel like that's part of what you're trying to build. I know you've been on the Dr. Oz show. You've been doing all these things, talking about the book, but I also get the feeling you're building a community. Can you talk a little bit about what your goals are in this next phase of, of Maria? Uh, thank you, first of all. Um, I That would be wonderful if, if more doors open in whatever direction comes my way. Honestly, I'm just, I, I really am uh, on this path of, of one, fulfilling my promise to Sean and also to myself. And that was to, um, you know, part of our purpose, I think, is what we try to strive to find uh, in life is finding our purpose and finding our meaning. And when Sean was diagnosed with this disease, we asked that question of, of, of why. Why him? Why us? You know, those things. Because we were really trying to do everything we could to be healthy, to be happy, to be good and give back. And so I, we couldn't help but 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 think that maybe it was because I wore a microphone every day and that he was a, a writer uh, by profession. And so we thought this disease, which has no cure, hasn't had any really big advancements in, in treatments for it. It is it's terminal and it can get you fast and it can get you at any point in your life and it doesn't discriminate. So we thought maybe part of our purpose is to shine a light on this disease and maybe inspire people to uh, donate money for research. We need to fund uh, research for this disease and it gets very little funding still. So maybe part of my purpose is to highlight that need. And if there's more opportunities to do that in the future for me, then I will gladly um, um, make that commitment to follow through and, and, and do that. And it's, and I've been trying, I, I also, 
interviewed our mutual friend Brooke Lee, and at the time I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going down the political line. Um, but I do want to mention that um, Bo Biden had the same cancer as, as your husband, and, and you did see Joe Biden. And I, I think that the name, we're starting to hear a little bit more about the name, but can you talk a little bit about maybe what what it was like to suddenly hear the name of this cancer. And like you said, it's the one that doesn't get very much funding. It doesn't get very much attention yet. You ran into this very public famous person who his family has dealt with the same thing. Yeah, that was, that was really happenstance. Uh, you know, I, we go to church and on Sunday mornings, typically we'll go to mass and uh, one year back right after Sean had died in December, it was in February that, uh, then Vice President Joe Biden was happened to be in town in Los Angeles, and he happened to go to the church that we go to. And it was a real surprise. And that, that day, particularly, I was feeling really, really down. And I remember I was praying at the time. I was, it was at the end of service, and I heard a lot of commotion in the church. And finally, I opened my eyes, and, and I looked up. And I had just, I remember I had just was asking Sean if he could hear me you know, give me a sign that says, that says you're here with me, that, that you're, uh, you know, walking this path and journey with me. And so I remember opening my eyes and I realized that Vice President Joe Biden was in the church and they were calling attention to him. And at the end of service, which was right after, he ran up to the, alt, uh, to the, to the front of the church where the band was playing. And I knew that I had to say hello. I, I just knew his son had died just previously as well of the same deadly disease, uh, glioblastoma, brain cancer. So I said to Gus, let's go say hi. And so we ran up to the front and we asked the secret service and he said, oh yeah, no problem. So uh, the vice president came bounding down the steps. I remember and he, I think he saw us right away and he just smiled and said, hi, and shook our hands. And I said hello and all of a sudden I said something like I'm so sorry about your son and then I just like burst into tears and I told him that you know my husband had died of the same thing and we had the funeral right here in this church and he just changed his his demeanor and became so concerned and he was very generous and gracious with his time and really took the time to talk to me and Gus and really just gave us some very encouraging words about staying strong and and how one day I would smile again when I said his name instead of cry, which which I still do. So I don't know how long it's going to take, uh, Mr. Vice President, maybe President. I don't know where this election's going to go, but uh, I, I'm I'm holding on to that the advice that you gave me about uh, smiling first rather than crying. Yeah, and it's been how long now? It's going to be five. It's going to be five years this December. Uh, since Sean uh, died and went to heaven. I, I do talk about that. We do talk about heaven. And so, and we'll talk, talk about, about, about Oh, so you talk about signs a little bit. Um, do you, do you, I, because I feel like there's probably somebody watching this right now. Um, everything, we're all going to be touched by death. I mean, it is the one thing I'm getting my PhD in management. And the one thing that I talk about is the old, there's one subject that every manager at every company will have to deal with. And it is death because somebody's parent will die, somebody's child will die, somebody's spouse will die, and we, we, it's going to happen. Um, you seem to believe in signs. Um, and do you have, I, and it's, we, all, we have about three minutes left, but does anything just come to mind to you right now? I'm never totally putting you on the spot. But for those who are watching this, and we've all gone through some, some stuff, 
Yeah. Any words based on what you've seen and what you know? You know, 100%, I believe that our loved ones are still connected to us um, in, in a larger way than we think, than you think that we are. So I encourage you to talk to your loved ones out loud all the time and ask them what you need to ask them. And if you listen hard enough or look hard enough, you're going to get an answer from them um, on what and how they think about the situation. And I'll give you a really quick example because I know we're running out of time. So it's been almost five years and very recently, only recently, I started thinking about dating again. And so, you know, Sean and I had this conversation before he died and I refused to listen to him. So I was asked out on a date recently. And, and so I went on this date and I kind of had fun. It was like first time in a very long time. And so I came home and I remember I was talking to Sean and I said, honey, I, I did, you know, I did this, I did that. I don't know. What should I do? I, I don't feel, I don't know. And so it was as soon as I got home, I got a text from a friend that I had not heard from in a long time. And it was a video and I pressed play and it was a video of Sean talking about love and marriage. And a friend of mine uh, had sent that video because she didn't think I had seen it. Her and her husband uh, were celebrating their anniversary. And so she came upon it that day and sent it to me. So, you know, you can say that it was a coincidence, but it's kind of an odd coincidence since I hadn't heard from her in months. And it was the first time I'd heard from her. And it was this video uh, of Sean talking about love. So... Uh, and I, I just, again, I will put, we'll put all the information if you want to get this book. Um, I'm torn between the audible version and the, the, the actual touch it, read it version, because I think, as you can see, I've highlighted and I've, I've bookmarked some things, but Maria, you have been just an inspiration to me and I'm sure to, to so many people. Uh, so this, our 20 minutes just flew and literally in 20 minutes, we got to talk about love. We got to talk about life and, uh, and you're Sean. So thank you for sharing your story with, with all of us. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. And I love saying your name for it's spelled differently, but, uh, that tells me again that he's nearby. So Sean, thank you for having me on your show today. And there we are taking 20 with Maria Quaban. Thanks for listening to this podcast. So as you know, you sharing with your friends will help us keep going. Also, please rate the podcast or review it or rate and review it if you liked it. Um, that helps people find us and it helps us share stories that we hope will encourage and help other people. Again, we really appreciate you. Thanks.